0: a new seven part series from CBC Podcasts available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Damon Fairless. It started with a murder outside a Sikh temple in Surrey, B.C. this past June. Hundreds of community members and supporters of the Khalistan movement came together, all to commemorate the life of Hardeep Singh Nijjar. Nijjar was a prominent leader in the Sikh community and an activist with the independence group Sikhs for Justice, which advocates for the establishment of an independent Sikh state of Khalistan in India. Then in September, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made an astonishing claim that Canada had credible intelligence linking Indian government agents to Niger's killing. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijjar. India denied the accusation. Canada and India expelled one another's diplomats, further straining an already tense relationship. A major development today in Canada's deteriorating relationship with India. As CBC News first reported, a large number of Canadian diplomats have left India over the last couple of days. No Canadian tourists are getting visas since India angrily suspended services after Canada accused the South Asian country of an extrajudicial killing. And then last week, prosecutors in New York unsealed an indictment against an alleged conspirator in a foiled plot to carry out another assassination. This one also tied to the Indian government, also targeting a Sikh activist involved in the movement to create an independent Sikh state in Punjab. The indictment lays out in startling detail how a network tied to the Indian government was allegedly planning an assassination. CBC's Alex Panetta has been covering the story from our Washington Bureau. He joins me now to talk about this foiled assassination plot and what it tells us about the murder of Hardeep Singh Nijer here in Canada. Hey, Alex, welcome back. Good to be here. So, it's not often I read an indictment uh, and feel like I'm reading kind of like a John Le Carré novel. Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a fascinating story, and and ultimately this assassination plot was foiled, but the plot itself and the plotters are, are really fascinating. So, I was hoping, first off, we could walk through who the people involved with are, starting with the alleged target. Who Who is he? He's unnamed in the indictment. What do we know about him?
1: No, it's... Fascinating that we finally heard after three months of basically crickets after Prime Minister Trudeau dropped that bombshell uh, we 've got a whole bunch of details uh, about this alleged plot, including the name of another alleged target uh his name's is Singh Panin. He's a Canadian citizen and a US citizen, uh, a lawyer, lives in New York. He is a Sikh activist. Uh, according to the Indian government, he is an extremist, a dangerous one, mm-hmm. who has made very cryptic and troubling comments about Air India. And If you know the history of Sikh uh, mm-hmm. uh, extremism, you'll know the story of Air India.
0: It's been 38 years since the bombing of Air India Flight 182. The plane traveling from Montreal to London exploded off the Irish coast, killing all 329 people on board. Two hundred and eighty of them Canadian, but a new poll from the Angus.
1: Region. So the Indian government's view is he's a dangerous uh, guy. Uh, in in the view of uh, many others, including his supporters, he is an activist and 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 was targeted for extrajudicial, ju- extraterritorial assassination uh, by the state of India. Uh, he wasn't actually named in the indictment. Right. Uh, uh, but a Financial Times story from last week includes some details that matches the details of this of this case uh, in this unsealed indictment. Panin himself, himself has told us uh, at CBC News that he was the target. Uh, so that's, you know, a fairly uh, decent reason to believe that this was the target, this New York resident who's got citizenship in Canada and the U.S.
0: And and he's part of the Khalistan movement too, right, judge to, I guess to put a finer point on it, right?
1: uh exactly that's right he's an activist uh, in the view of the indian government he's more than an activist but a dangerous one uh he's also friends with Hardeep, uh niger who was was killed in uh, british columbia a close associate of his
0: okay okay so that that's the that's the in this indictment that's the target then there's the the person who's indicted in this nikhil gupta what what do we know about him
1: what we know about nikhil gupta is that he uh is allegedly according to us authorities a drug dealer A weapons Mm. trafficker as well. And that he faced uh, criminal charges uh, of some sort. It's not specified in the indictment in India. And that he was allegedly told sometime around May of this year, if you arrange the assassination of this guy in New York City, uh, we'll make this criminal charge against you go away in India. We'll make it disappear. You'll never hear about it again. Oh, in addition, we'll give you $100,000. So he's the broker. He's essentially the broker.
0: There's also the guy who orders the hit, uh, and he, in the indictments, referred to as CC1, which I think stands for co-conspirator 1. He's uh, an unnamed Indian senior field officer. What do we know about co-conspirator
1: 1? Yeah, we don't know a whole lot other than the fact that he's the most interesting person in this entire case, uh, because he's, according to U.S. authorities, an employee of the Indian government. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't know what exactly he does, but there are a couple of clues. Uh, he's described as having held different roles in the government of India, including intelligence, security Mm -hmm. management, and that he's worked at some point for India's central reserve police force. Mm -hmm. We, uh, are told that he provided Gupta with the target's home address, the target's phone numbers, details of his daily routine. Um, and that he allegedly met, uh, with Gupta and they spoke repeatedly, but they apparently also met. Uh, in new delhi
0: so it's it's probably hard to look into the shadows on this one but do, do, we don't have any sense of why co-conspirator one ordered the hit or who his superiors were do we
1: well we know the indian government under uh, narendra modi's spoken for years about taking a more aggressive and violent approach to to eliminating what they view as sick uh, extremists and you know what we're seeing in this case is definitely consistent with that you know even even gupta himself this alleged drug dealer speaks with glee and saying, "I wish I could be participating myself in doing this. I'd love to kill these guys with my own hands." So, yeah, what we see here are, are members of the Hindu majority uh, talking about eliminating uh, six seppers.
0: Okay, so right now we have we have Panu who's the the target. In New York, we've got uh, Gupta, Nikhil Gupta, who is uh, an Indian national who has been uh, basically assigned as the, the the guy to broker the hit on Panu, and we've got this shadowy figure, CC one, co-conspirator uh, one, an Indian national again, senior field officer of some sort. We don't know much about him. There's a couple other characters here too. So just briefly, let's go into them. There, there's a there's someone who's referred to in the indictment as a confidential source. Uh, t- tell me about that person.
1: Well, this is the person that essentially, uh, foils the plot. This confidential source would have been, according to this indictment, uh, a contact of Mr. Gupta's, uh, from right. the cr- criminal underworld. So he, uh, allegedly reached out to this, this source and said, we need to, you know, arrange this hit in New York city. Can you find me a killer? And what he doesn't know at the time is that this person allegedly is an informant to the U S drug enforcement agency.
0: Right. And that's important because the, the final character I want to bring in is, is the, the person called the UC, the undercover. So the, the so-called assassin who is actually a USDA agent, right?
1: Exactly. So then this, this middleman allegedly reaches out to a USDA agent and says, uh, we, you know, this, this is what's going on and, and basically puts him in touch with Gupta yeah, allegedly, and you've got then uh, somebody asking uh, an official of the U.S. government to organize a hit on U.S. soil. And then the uh, law enforcement uh, uh, operations kick in and they're watching everything.
0: So, now we've got our players here. We've got our target. We've got uh, Panu. We've got our broker, Gupta. We've got uh, uh, CC1, our conspirator in India. We've got a confidential source in the U.S. who is linked to law enforcement in the U.S. And finally, our undercover agent who is posing as an assassin tell me how, how did this plot unfold
1: it's the spring of 2023 this year it's a very important geopolitical moment u.s china tensions are at a fever pitch they're cutting each other off of trade and vital strategic goods and the u.s is looking to india as a strategic partner and narendra modi is coming to washington and according to this indictment at some point there's an exchange between the different conspirators and the indian government employee. Allegedly tells Gupta, make this happen, make this killing happen as quickly as possible, but not while there's a high level Indian visit to the right. United States, which right. is, you know, he doesn't, it's not spelled out in the indictment, but it's pretty clear. They're talking about Modi's visit to Washington. That's right. And then, uh, there's a surprise twist and it involves Canada. Right. Everything changes in June when, uh, Erdeep Nijar is murdered in British Columbia uh, then all of a sudden that just completely changes the timeline, uh, for this, uh, for this plot, because this idea of, of, of waiting, um, till after, uh, this high level political meeting after Modi's visit to Washington is, is redundant. It evaporates. Yeah. Exactly. So there's, uh, apparently a message from Gupta, uh, speaking to, uh, this alleged informant for the DEA, his middleman saying, finish him, brother, finish him. Don't take too much time. Uh, and they want it done immediately.
0: So, so if I'm understanding, we've got we've got um, before Modi's visit in June to the U.S., we've got this uh, this plot unfolding where we've got Gupta trying to broker a deal to murder Panu. There's an order that comes from uh, the co-conspirator one in India saying, "Hey, let's not let's not have this happen while there's this uh, high-level Indian visit," presumably referring to Modi's visit. Then, out of the sidelines here comes the murder of. Hardeep Singh Nijar in uh, Surrey, BC, which, which suddenly kind of changes the, uh, the tack in, in India. And we get uh, Nikhil Gupta getting a, a text saying, hey, like, we've got to do this now. Is
1: it right? Exactly. And according okay. to this indictment, this Indian government employee specifically said the killing in Canada had accelerated the timetable for the assassination in New York. He apparently texted one of the other conspirators in the case. It's a priority now. So, so
0: what happens after that point? Once, once, uh, Gupta gets the, uh, the text saying, Hey, finish this brother, get this done. Well, what happens? Walk me through that.
1: Yeah. He, he, he sends his supposed contract killer, a video of Niger's body from British Columbia. I'm not sure exactly how they got the video.
0: Exactly. That's a question. Good question.
1: And he says, do it quickly. and uh, meaning do it, uh, in New York quickly. Uh, this thing's happened in Canada. We need to move. And then, uh, Everything goes wrong because for him, because he doesn't realize that uh, he's been talking to uh, allegedly undercover agent, also uh, an undercover uh, informant, and he's arrested uh, in the Czech Republic uh, after a flight there. He's stopped, and uh, he's currently fighting extradition to the United States. And
0: and, and cash cash changed hands too, right?
1: Well, yeah, now we know the going rate, uh, apparently on, on one of these plots and it's allegedly a hundred thousand dollars. That's what Mr. Gupta would have been offered to arrange this, this, uh, killing. And, uh, we know that they negotiated some of the conditions of that cash, you know, the, the total amount, how much might come, uh, in an advance. And there's actually a picture in the indictment of uh, what's presented or it's described as $15,000, uh, an advance on, mm-hmm. on the payment changing hands in a car in new york city there's a there's a photograph of a wad of hundred dollar bills
0: so so this plot unfolded from the spring of this last year around may of this last year to the end of june roughly speaking Hardip singh niger was murdered in surrey bc in mid-june and this plot against panu's unfolding explain to me how these two cases are related
1: we see these exchanges happening between different people associated with this plot saying there's a big target in Canada uh we have three targets in Canada uh a different job a different crew did the job in Canada so clearly these things are related and then we see people talking about accelerating the job doing it more quickly because of what had just happened in Canada there's no need to wait anymore uh you know we see quotes like finish him brother finish him brother it's a priority now
0: So Alex, it's been, it's been a while since the RCMP opened up its investigation into the Niger case. What have we learned over the last little while about where things stand with that case?
1: Frankly, very little. We haven't heard much since September. We, you know, my colleague Evan Dyer and I have reported that Canada believes it has a wealth of intelligence, a signals yeah. intelligence, human intelligence, that it's got the conversations of Indian diplomats uh, in the Canadian case but really, n- nothing's happened uh, th- that we can see. I mean, there have been no charges in Canada. Uh, we keep hearing that the RCMP might be on the precipice of something, but it doesn't happen. We've heard you know, that uh, someone else in Canada, Gurmeet uh, Singh Tor, was issued a duty to warn document mm-hmm. by the RCMP that he might also have been a target. Uh, but really, the, the speed with which the U.S. Uh, proceeded in this prosecution uh, has underscored, to a certain extent, um, the absence of, 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 of similar charges in Canada. And Public Safety Minister uh, Dominic LeBlanc commented on this a few days ago and said, um, I have every confidence in the case of the ongoing murder investigation in British Columbia that the RCMP are doing the rigorous important work that we expect of them and we're going to let them conclude their investigation with Can respect to the murder a uh, of, a, of a canadian uh,
0: on a similar note canada's foreign minister melanie Joly was asked last week about why u.s authorities managed to prevent a purported assassination
1: but canadian authorities were unable to so first, Katie, of course, I won't comment the work that is being done by own, our own uh, law enforcement agencies for two reasons. The first one is I respect their independence. We're a rule of law country.
0: And what do we know about that? Minister
1: LeBlanc- so what we think we know, it's kind of hard to speculate because this involves yeah. uh, you know sensitive intelligence. that's not really being divulged extensively. But based on what we can read in the U.S. indictment, based on what U.S. media are also reporting based on their own sources, uh what it looks like is us authorities were already watching Nikhil Gupta mm-hmm. th- that they had a drug case open and and they were using an informant and it just so happened that this informant was asked to arrange a murder in the middle of it and according this is according to the new york times that the investigation abruptly shifted from a drug case mm-hmm. to a to a a a targeted you know political assassination case Uh, And, you know, so it's partly resources, the United States government having all these resources and undercover Mm -hmm. officers, but also partly luck uh, if if, if these, these accounts are accurate.
0: So after Trudeau makes this claim back in September that Canada has credible intelligence-linking Indian government agents to Hardeep Singh, Niger's killing, there was a there was huge blowback, right? So Indians suspended visa services. Calling in the Canadian High Commissioner and announcing that it is expelling a senior Canadian diplomat within the next five days. That's a tit-for-tat response to Ottawa's kicking out a top official from India. Things were really tense, and Indian news coverage of Canada was uh, not charitable, to say the least. So, with these U.S. allegations, though, uh, on the on the you know in this indictment, we've seen the Indian government say that it'll now undertake a high level inquiry. So, what do you think will come out of that inquiry?
1: Well, you know, one of the most pertinent questions to ask when a public inquiry is launched is to see its terms of reference. To ask what people are looking for. It's kind of interesting that the Indian government has not published the terms of reference. As a matter of fact, uh, I was speaking with a colleague in India and asked uh, whether this, this inquiry would be public, whether the details would ever be made public. And I was told that an Indian, an Indian government asked uh, Indian officials this very question and was basically told off for asking mm. the question. So, you know, based on what we've seen so far, the absence of, of, of details on what this inquiry is going to entail, no terms of reference. Uh, basically journalists getting brushed off when they ask very basic questions about it. Mm. Uh, allow me to express my skepticism that this is going to look in every corner of the Indian government, right up to the highest levels of the Indian government, to see whether they played a role in this assassination. We would have every right to be skeptical of that based on what we know so far.
0: One of the things that came out after this indictment is, is Wat Singh Pan was saying that he felt that indictment, the one we've been talking about, was actually about Modi, the Modi government. As you've pointed out, i mean you were tweeting not too long ago that that modi had campaigned on the idea of extrajudicial extraterritorial killings of state enemies so <laughs> yeah where 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 this goes is anyone's guess i guess no
1: and modi in in 2014 uh, indian press reports contemporaneous ones talk about uh him saying we need to go after these people uh more aggressively more violently um and and so you know uh, those of us who've been talking to government officials in the last couple months about this case, my understanding, uh, and we have to be careful because we don't want to sort of over-report what people aren't willing to say on the record, but my understanding is uh, Prime Minister Modi hasn't explicitly denied uh, these allegations in private. And so you put all that together, and the Indian government has now got an inquiry into something that, <laughs> you know, and it's not willing to tell you how far it's willing to look. You know, it's going to raise some questions about whether uh, the there's going to be a line that investigators are not willing to cross in India. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, clearly some of the targets of these assassinations uh, or these would-be assassinations believe that there's high-level involvement in India.
0: All right, Alex, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Damon Fairless. Thanks for listening to FrontBurner. I'll talk to you tomorrow.